Welcome to the Steelers Battle League Podcast. My name is James, joined once again by my co-host, Cody. Cody, how are you doing this fine Monday evening? James, I am fantastic. Uh, I feel like I always say that. I'm a little tired. I didn't sleep last mm-hmm. night, but I am still fantastic. I'm excited to talk about these two bowl games that we got to uh, watch and enjoy. Um, but I'm doing well. James, how are you on this lovely Monday? I'm doing good, man. Got to watch a lot of college football this last weekend. These all-star games happened. Uh, And then it's also just a three-day work week for me. Doing a little weekend getaway with the missus this upcoming weekend on Friday, Saturday. So really looking forward to getting out of town. Makes up for visiting one of the puppies. There you go. It makes up for this last weekend, James, where you were just on video games nonstop. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> dude it was non-stop oh, it was fun it was a good weekend it was a good weekend for sure um yeah let's dive right in this first off we're going to talk Steelers news and NFL news kind of as a whole um salary cap news came out that they increased the salary cap James it was 208.2 million last year yeah last year. 208.2 million last year going all the way up to 224.8 uh, the projection was like 220 or 222 or something. So this is good news because Pittsburgh is going to be up against it. Uh, that means that they are currently under the cap instead of currently over the cap by like one and a half million or something. Yeah. And they'll still uh, probably make so, more room with rearranging and doing. Oh, yeah. Contracts yeah. Differently. Fully expect them to do a, uh, a re- reworking of the TJ Watt deal. Uh, and then maybe even Mika Fitzpatrick as well. You can clear up a whole ton of cap space uh look for something to happen with william jackson the third too i can't imagine they bring him back on that huge contract no uh with him having absolutely no time on the field for pittsburgh literally i uh, really thought that they were gonna cut mitch trubisky but after dan rooney saying how much he was looking forward to him coming back next year that ain't happening so and apparently uh, i saw that eight million back I, I apparently saw a quote from mitch trubisky and i don't know if don't Quote me on this because it might not be a correct quote. I know there's a lot of trolls out there on the internet, and I hadn't had a chance to look this one up yet before recording this episode. Uh, but I had a rec- I had a quote somewhere that said Mitch Trubisky said that he regretted how quickly he signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, That's actually big facts. Okay, he said so, that before Dan Rooney said he wanted him back. Too. Yikes! <laughs> so that's intriguing. Um, well, it is what it is now, I guess. <laughs> so we'll yep, see what happens. Yep. Worst case so scenario. That, worst case scenario. Yeah, he didn't say that he regretted signing with Pittsburgh. Just he regretted signing so early on yeah. in the process without vetting all options that might have possibly been on the table. Yeah. Uh, so. You can't blame him for feeling that way because he lost his starting job so quickly. But yeah. basically any team that drafts a quarterback in the first round is going to try to get their quarterback out there as soon as they can, especially when the team plays as poorly as they did with Mitch Trubisky at the helm. So yeah, you can't really blame the coaching staff for moving on from him as quickly as they did. <laughs> nope, nope, definitely cannot. Uh, so with that being said, we'll move on to Pro Bowl information real quick. Cam Hayward did get the nod to go ahead and go to the Pro Bowl. He got called up um, due to – that was the Chiefs. Chris Jones. David, Jones. I almost said Davis. Chris Jones uh, going to yeah. the Super Bowl. Just like we talked about and speculated about on the week before's episode, we were hoping it would happen, and it did happen. And that's now six Pro Bowls for Mr. Cameron Hayward, really building that resume, hoping to see one or two more before he retires. Uh, then you can almost assure that he'll be a Hall of Famer. Uh, but at six Pro Bowls, I would think he already has a very good chance of getting into the Hall of Fame. But oh, absolutely. Uh, for the now and the time being, just really happy to have such an insanely talented player yep. on the team. And you never know, he might even end up getting that Walter Payton Man of the Year award too. That would be interesting. Now, listen, there was something else that we've really been wanting to happen for a really long time, okay? <laughs> There's something that's just been on my mind, and I just can't get over it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, listen, the, maybe the best news of the entire week, one Mr. Thomas Brady has retired. Let's go. And that's was, what we needed. And there, and there was much rejoicing. Much rejoicing. Uh, much we're rejoicing. Just sick of him. <laughs> glad that he's moving on to bigger and better things in his career because football was no longer yep. a bigger and better thing. And someone's him. making a good payday out of that because they went to the retirement oh, yeah. spot. I found the little bit of sand that he must've been sitting on, put it in a jar in there. It was currently at $90,000 on 
eBay last I knew. So someone's making a payday out of that. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Did you not? see that? In did big, you see that or not? I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. And big payday for Tom too, because he's going directly into the booth. Uh, already has that big deal. Was I'm it with gonna Fox, hate say? all of those games. It is yeah. Fox. It is Fox. You never know, dude. I didn't really like Tom Tony Romo as a quarterback, but as an announcer, I think he's absolutely amazing. Uh, so but you, I didn't you despise never Tony Romo the way that I despise Tom Brady. <laughs> That's fair. Romo was never good enough to despise. But he was never in the AFC. We never had to deal with him. So <laughs> yeah, true. Little different. Plus, he never got caught cheating. Not even once. True. Let True. alone like half a dozen times. True. True. Awkward. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. We're going to talk about these <laughs> games. The East-West Shrine game we're going to talk about first. The Shrine Bowl, excuse me, uh, because that happened on Thursday. And then the Senior Bowl yeah. happened on Sunday. Uh, same time as the Pro Bowl, I believe. Or the Pro... The, the actual game of Might the Pro Bowl? It was a weird Pro Bowl. I don't know how this Pro Bowl thing. We're not even going to talk about it, quite frankly. I really don't care. Um, I saw some of the events, and it was stupid. They had like a water balloon toss. Yeah, I saw that with like the linemen and stuff. Like It it almost felt like it was was like the track and field or... um, what do they call that in in like elementary school or middle school? They they do that for like icebreakers when you go off to like leadership meetings yep. and stuff. Yep. Like that is so Every dumb. time you throw the like, thing, make sure you say their name yeah. or say something about them yeah. that you learned. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. It was weird. Don't get me wrong. Horrific whoever came up with that. Yeah, I don't know. They need to they need to go. I mean, think about the old days and we're going to get on this I, this was not planned. We'll talk about the Pro Bowl just briefly. <laughs> think about I, I think about watching uh Drew Brees and Philip Rivers and these guys have the throwing competition to see how far they can throw a bar ball. That was yeah. more entertaining than what this was. Like that was like yeah. a true skill challenge. And like, I don't know, this was all just really dumb. They had like, it was almost like they Nickelodeoned it and made it super intriguing for kids, which don't get me wrong. Pro bowls about the families. Pro bowls are supposed to be fun, but watching grown adults throw water balloons back and forth from our favorite football teams was not fun (laughs) at all. The dodgeball part was pretty, that was decent. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And and even the quarterback competition was decent. I would say moving forward, maybe you keep both of those, get rid of the water balloon toss thing. Maybe you do a potato sack race. (laughs) I don't know. Something else really dumb. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. Even like the flag football event. Oh, flag football was trash. Trash. Dude, Minka almost got his head ripped off by a linebacker, and they're not wearing any pads. If that dude would have hit him, he could have really hurt him. Let him let him play paintball. Let him play paintball. Yeah, I would I would love to watch that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, you see these 350-pound linemen try to hide behind the little things. (laughs) (laughs) That would be fun. And then you know some DB or wide receiver run back, do some craziness, jumping over top of obstacles to go shoot somebody. Oh, yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. Much better than the the actual game. NFL, I'll take my paycheck right now for that idea. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, hook us up. 500,000. That's the lowest offer. (laughs) Annual. 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 Every year you do it. Every I'll give you new ideas every single year and like be better than that crap. Yeah. All right, let's move yeah. on. East West no, Shrine no, no. game. Uh this I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna start off very quickly. This game was kind of boring in the sense of a football game. In the sense of a football game, it was quite boring. I there was no there was no touchdown in the game. Final score was twelve to three. Um I, the kicker even missed a field goal at one point. Like or next uh yeah, field goal. So like I, it was just not good football. But as James and I have talked before the show, and James reiterated to me, I like watching good football. I, James does too, don't get me wrong, but James is like, this is about learning about the people. And I'm like, you're right, James, but they sucked. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I didn't give a crap about how many points were scored in this game uh, because I wasn't evaluating quarterbacks. True. We have our quarterbacks, so I really didn't care about how much they moved the ball up and down the field. Uh, and then even like the running backs, a couple of them really popped out. Uh, the senior bowl, you could tell there were some seriously talented dudes. Yep. Uh, East West, there was one running back that I thought really kind of stood out uh, head and shoulders above the other guys. But it was more about like, what am I seeing out of like tight ends, out of offensive line, out of defensive line, uh, anybody making big splash plays that are linebackers, mm-hmm. safeties, corners, that kind of stuff. That's more what I was looking for. Um, and I saw a lot of promising things in positions that Pittsburgh is most likely targeting, especially with. Um, 
there was a lot of reporting on Mike Tomlin. He was at the senior bowl, very active in the O-line versus D-line segments of practices. Uh, He wasn't even there to coach, but he was very hands-on in coaching while he was there, Uh, which is great news because what's Pittsburgh going to do to rebuild this team offensive line and defensive line. uh, That's just the MO of what Andy Weidel did while he was with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's now the assistant general manager for Pittsburgh and is fully in charge of ordering the draft board. Uh, So a lot of information being gathered by those individuals. Um, And I I liked a lot of what I saw, and you're going to see it very heavily leaning towards those kind of positions. Yeah, and over 80% or over 75% of the Philadelphia's current Super Bowl roster was drafted uh, by Philadelphia. So that speaks volumes to his ability to organize a draft room and and get some good picks. So that is very good news for Pittsburgh in our upcoming drafts. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, let James, let's start this off. We want to talk about running yeah. back first. Let's jump into it. Mims, Jordan Mims specifically uh, had one heck of a game. He started the game off. I don't recall East or West, and it really doesn't matter to be honest with uh, you. He's east, but he's 5'10", 202 pounds, uh, and really explosive. Was good at making people miss. Uh, good vision. He saw holes and, and found the empty areas and cut back lanes uh, and just kind of really, really showed off his skill set. Um, you never know. Sometimes guys like this really shine at these East-West games and senior bowls and stuff like that yep. and then end up uh, really taking off in the NFL like a couple of years ago. Uh, we talked about James Robinson coming out of the East-West Shrine, uh, and then he absolutely torched it his, his uh, freshman year. Uh, or rookie season, however you want to call it in the NFL. Uh, so I thought Mims really, really shined in this game. Uh, and he was the first guy I had notation on here. Yeah. I mean, in the first carry of the game just found a hole and, and it, and it wasn't one of those plays where the hole's just there. Like he had to maneuver himself a little bit and then manage through the hole. It wasn't like just a hole that you run straight through. It was a hole with a separate hole behind it. He had to navigate through both of them and had a great run right off the very first play of the game. Uh, was very impressive by Mims. I am, I enjoyed watching him. And again, big thing here, it's not like this is a small guy. He's a smaller back in the sense of average size. Um, but it's not yeah, like he's, he's not 180. No, he's no 180 yeah. looking, running through these holes. Yeah. Like he had, he had to maneuver his big body and uh, get through these holes. And I was very impressed with his explosiveness and his uh, ball carrier vision. Uh, was impressive yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of size uh, and maneuvering around the field, next guy on our list is going to be a familiar name to the Penn State fans in the audience. Uh, one PJ Mustafer out of Penn State uh, played defensive tackle, nose tackle for Penn State. They kind of do a little bit more 4 3 than they do 3 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, so take your pick on the defense for Pittsburgh. He would be a nose tackle. Uh, his measurables on the event were. 6'3 and 315ths, uh, and he had 32 and a half inch long arms. Uh, so a hair short on the arm length, uh, but the size is what you're looking for, and he's pretty stout against the run. Not a guy that's going to help you out too much as far as getting after the quarterback. He really struggles in that area. Two years ago when he was playing, he was a a pretty decent pass rusher. Mm -hmm. Then he put on some extra weight and really hasn't been able to contribute in that department ever since. Uh, But very, very stout against the run. So it's somebody that you could see as a later round pick for Pittsburgh if they don't do enough to solidify that nose tackle position. PJ could possibly be an upgrade day one uh, over uh, Montrevious Adams. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was impressed with his ability to uh, stuff the run as well. And I love that his name was Mustafer because it's like Mustafer must stuff her <laughs> like her as like the ball carrier. Not that it's yeah. her, but you know what I mean? I don't know. I enjoyed that. I thought it was funny. Maybe I'm just childish. Yeah, and he's got a brother in the NFL, too. I want to say he's I thought I recognized that name. Bears. I yeah. thought I recognized that. Yeah, name. he's yeah. I think he's a Chicago bear, if I remember correctly. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, next guy I've been a fan of also another Penn state Nittany lion going pro center juice Scruggs on your program. It'll say Frederick Scruggs. He doesn't go by that. He goes by juice. He's juice. Uh, juice has the juice, man. Uh, good size to him. He's six foot, uh, three, 308 pounds. 
33 and three eighths inch long arms, which is very good length for an interior offensive lineman. Uh, and what you saw with juice is a guy with some power. He never got bull rushed. Nobody could really move him backwards. Uh, and near the end of the game, he had a lot of one-on-one against PJ Mustafer and he won all of them. <laughs> so that was a bad thing for PJ, but a good thing for juice. Yeah. Um, just add good. He has good feet. He's good at uh, getting to those reach blocks. Uh, and I, I think he's going to be one of those mid round guys. Nobody's really talking about him for a first or second round pick. Uh, but I think he's got the skills to get in there probably as early as the third or fourth round. Uh, and again, if Pittsburgh does not address the center position early with one of those elite guys, this is somebody maybe you can get late day two, early day three uh, that could immediately challenge mason cole and has a better anchor than mason yeah uh, so he's not going to get driven into the backfield like we saw happen to mason a few times last and again time. pittsburgh goes after these types of guys these mobile guys that can come out they can get pulled they can get out in front of blocks and block for the running back in these sweep and the way that we sweep the ball and outside pitches and all this stuff that this is an ideal guy for pittsburgh to target if they're looking for that his mobility is there he has the capability of doing that some centers just aren't naturally good at that that's something that they have to yeah. come into the NFL and get trained on. This guy already kind of has it going for him. Uh, so that's a one benefit that he has for Pittsburgh. The next guy we're going to talk about is linebacker, James, uh, by the yes. na- na- name of Ben. We, we, we need another big Ben. We need a big Ben. Big ben. This is a big Ben. Ben, <laughs> ben Van Sumeren. Uh Ben's well put together. You're right to call him Big Ben. Uh, six foot one and three quarter, 237 pounds. Uh, his length, I want to say he was, yeah, 31 and five eighths inch long arms, mm-hmm. which is a hair short for a linebacker. Uh, but honestly, a lot of middle linebackers are that kind of length. Uh, so it's kind of rare to get the guys that are 33 inch long arms or longer. Tremaine usually Edmonds. they gotta be a lot taller if, if that's it. Yeah. Tremaine <laughs> Edmonds type. You start getting into those six foot four, six foot five guys. And then that's what you get. But what I was most impressed is this is a guy out of Michigan state who, not necessarily known for their linebacking core. Um, Incredibly quick. This game, there was a lot of scrambling quarterbacks, right? Uh, The last quarterback for the opposite team was Malik Cunningham. Uh, Reminded you a lot of what we saw with uh, Malik last year, uh, the Carolina Panthers quarterback currently that a lot of people wanted Pittsburgh to draft Malik Willis, right? Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans. Athletic. Tennessee Titans. That's it. Yeah. 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 Um, what was it? Ritter went to the Panthers. Uh, anyway. Uh, no, no, it was the other Falcons. kid. The Ole Miss kid went there. Yeah. Ole Miss kid went there. Yes. That's who it was. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Uh, so extremely athletic like that. This was the, the uh, Cunningham was the quarterback out of Louisville. Uh, and just one of those guys that you looked at. And as soon as he started moving, you're like, holy crap, this is a really fast quarterback. Van Sumer and ran him down. Like, he tried to outrun him to the edge and Van Sumer and hit him and drove him into the, into the corner. And it was like, wow. Cause there was a few moments earlier in the game where he'd run down a run tight end and you're like, okay, this is really good, but not necessarily the most athletic dude on the other team. Yep. Uh, Cunningham was the most athletic dude on that team and he ran him down without a problem. So the speed and athleticism out of him is very high end. Uh, what I don't know and what I didn't get a good feel for is how is he as far as a run stuff stuffer? Um, does he get lost in the wash? Cause he's a little bit smaller of a dude, uh, but well, well put together, very chiseled frame. So uh, not somebody that you look at and say, oh, I don't think you can get any stronger. He clearly has put in the work to get to the size that he is, and I'm sure he could put another five pounds on a muscle up a little more if he needed to. Yeah. Um, I didn't get. I didn't really pay attention to him in that game. I didn't see a whole lot of him, unfortunately, uh, because I just wasn't He was looking. wearing 43, so that really stuck out to me. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do it. Uh, the next guy is an edge rusher, Jose Ramirez. Um, yes. Good good size on him in my opinion this guy is mm-hmm. six yeah. ones and seven eights 33 and a quarter inch long arms 249 pounds correct yeah yeah absolutely large individual um i didn't did he get he did he, he was the one strip sack he early was the in one. the game yeah early in the game and over and over he kept on beating offensive tackles off the edge 
uh, really high motor, really quick first step in that strip sack that he had early in the game. The bend that he had was incredible. He got that inside shoulder really low to the ground, which makes it very, very difficult for an offensive tackle to block you. Uh, so this is the kind of guy that would give you an excellent um, third outside linebacker and then maybe even somebody who could develop into something more than that possible starter down the road um, not that pittsburgh necessarily needs that but you never know maybe they run into a situation where alex highsmith starts asking for 30 million a year and you just can't afford to keep him because you're already paying tj watt that yeah. you never know uh, so it's something that we expect pittsburgh to do as far as reloading that depth at the edge linebacker position uh, and this would be a guy that would be an immediate upgrade on the outside linebacker yeah and again, I know we're not talking about the game specifically, but in a game like this where you're, it's a game of field goals, having a guy that can get off the edge, get a turnover, that's huge. That's the type of game changers we've seen in those division rival games, especially against Baltimore. How many of those in the past 10 years have been three-point games or less? So Yeah, absolutely. That's a field flipper too. You know, If you're having a tough time getting a drive together and getting in the end zone, Flipping the field and getting an easy field goal can be a huge difference in a game. And we didn't talk about it, and it's not on our notes to talk about, but I do want to mention that first punt. That first punt by the the one punter in that was game. It Turk? I believe it was Turk. His second one was horrible. Yeah. But the first one mm -hmm. got right down there, and, and more impressive than the punt, if anything, was the way they handled that and got him down at the one-yard line. Uh, very yeah. impressive by the Gunners and the special team unit there. So I just want to mention that, especially because Pittsburgh was heavy, heavily looking at punters uh, during mm -hmm. practice. So yeah, yeah, there's some punters at both of these games. Uh, on the one is Matt Turk, a former NFL punter. He was mm -hmm. in the league for like 16 years. It's it's his nephew. <laughs> oh, and the kid really had a nice game uh and they did mention that i guess he was at the combine a couple of years ago yeah and then ended up not declaring for the nfl draft i don't know how he even made it to the combine without but that but he put up 25 reps on the bench which they said was a record for a punter uh mm -hmm. but i do remember uh the steelers had a punter that did like 27 reps daniel sepulveda back in the day yep. uh, so it might be just a little more recent history or they forgot about daniel but i did not forget about daniel because no, that dude didn't. was one jacked punter man we'll take that uh yeah. next guy on yeah. our list is a defensive lineman james by the name of bruderick martin yeah yeah broderick was a really really stout dude i want to say he was the guy that recovered the fumble when ramirez forced the fumble uh but that. was just a mountain of a dude who was immovable and did actually get some pass rush going on too he was able to get up the field which you don't really see for guys that big he's six four five eights uh 337 pounds with a 34 inch and three eighths inch long arms uh, incredible length there. Uh, so this is your second tier kind of guy. Again, uh, kind of like what we were talking about with PJ Mustafer. This is drastically larger and he gives you pass rush ability. Yep. Uh, so third, fourth round, maybe, I don't know, go as high as the second. I kind of doubt it just because he's in the East West shine game, but look fantastic in a game going against a players so uh that's the big takeaway in games like this is do you look the part do you kind of get washed in the in the sauce really yeah. uh he did not he looked the part uh and he excelled in a in an all-star game uh, which is a really good indicator of whether or not somebody can hang in the nfl and a guy at that size man i'd take him and knows any day yeah a prime example of a player that probably could have been called up to the senior bowl had they been on separate yeah. weekends yeah unfortunate <laughs> unfortunate but that didn't happen um, so again, another guy on the, on the defensive line that Pittsburgh could use to solidify their depth at defensive line and their youthfulness. You know, yeah. we, we got the guys that aren't getting any They're younger. <laughs> so Cam mm -hmm. Hayward being one of them, even though he's still performing quite well. Uh, but you got to start getting guys in there to learn the system that went that way. If these guys ever go down with an injury, God forbid, or if they wind up retiring, you have someone to step in and take the, the lead role. You don't always want a rookie to start. That's not always the goal. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but a guy like that, I wouldn't be super nervous that's, about it. That's just fair. I that's feel fair. like he'd hang with NFL guys day one. Yeah. Uh, somebody else that looked like they could hang with NFL guys day one, Cody. Uh, you talk, told me, hey, tell me you got notes on that pit guy. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, we got notes on that pit guy. We needed one, notes on that pit guy. 
<laughs> one Mr. Habakkuk Baldonado, edge rusher out of Pitt University, a Pitt Panther. Cody, you got the, the height weight there on him? I do. Six foot and three. Hey, oh, excuse me. Six, six three, three and, and six Yeah, six three and six eighths. Uh, 257 pounds. Stout individual. He's 33 and an eighth inch long arms. Good length on there. That's good not, length. yeah, it's not it's good. crazy like the last guy, uh, but it's not short arms like we were talking about earlier as well. Great penetration ability. I saw him so many times get to the quarterback and cause a disruption in the play. I think one of them might have even been picked. Um, and then the mm-hmm. one time he even, I think he tripped up and then the guy, the guy got wound up getting sacked by interior D lineman. Uh, but it was all because he was forced up into the pocket by him coming around the edge. Great. And I, I think the thing that I was most impressed with was it was like three plays in a row, just time after time, like never mm-hmm. losing his engine. Um, and I think sometimes like that's the, in my opinion, one of the most underrated things you can talk about when you're looking at some of these players coming out of college or even va- evaluating current NFL players is do they go 100% on every play? Sometimes they take a playoff and everyone will always say everyone takes a playoff, everyone takes a playoff. If you get guys like this that can come in and do that, they won't need to because they're going to be three and out consistently. Uh, and yeah. I loved seeing that consistent pressure from him. And he did a great job of affecting the the passer's ability to throw the ball and a passer's ability to stand comfortable in the pocket. Great overall pass rush, in my opinion. Yeah, he would also be uh, an upgrade for that backup edge rusher position for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. Uh, absolutely blew up a run play also. Hit a running back behind the line of scrimmage like three yards behind the line mm-hmm. on one play or something. Uh, so very impressive. His get off off the line of scrimmage made it very difficult uh, for the opposing offensive lineman. Now the last guy that I've got notes on from the East-West Shrine Bowl did not participate in it. But he did show up. He was there uh, in, like, he had his jersey on, so he wasn't really in uniform. Yep. Uh, but he got we got some height weight measurables on him, and I saw him in some games earlier in the year because I did catch a couple Michigan games this year. This was the Michigan tight end, Luke Schoonemaker. Uh, and watching games this season, he really popped out. Uh, just a, a very skilled receiving tight end with some blocking capability as well. Uh, and he weighed in at 6'5", 249 with 32 inch and, and 5 eighths inch long arms. Uh, so the length, not necessarily what you're hoping for, but the size, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's somebody I would think Pittsburgh would definitely be having an eye on. Again, this is one of those, if Pittsburgh does not bring back Zach Gentry, then you just reload from Michigan again, bring in another Michigan <laughs> tight end. This one go. is a lot more accomplished as far as his uh, receiving abilities coming straight out of college than Gentry was. Little, little shorter, little smaller. Yeah, yeah. just a little. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd be down for getting another tight end, especially yet. You know, if we can't keep Gentry, you're going to have to get a third tight end in that room. Um, as as much as they utilize T- or Derek Watt sometimes in that role, he's still more of a fullback naturally um, than even Connor Hayward, in my opinion. So I I, I don't mind that one bit. Uh, we're going to transition here over to the Senior Bowl discussion. Uh, now, the Senior yes. Bowl was a much better game, in my opinion. Again, we're not talking the game, uh, but it was more enjoyable to watch. We saw a bunch of fourth down conversions, which were very impressive. A couple gunslingers slinging balls into holes that I didn't think were freaking possible. Uh, it was yeah. Very impressive. Yeah, much higher skill level at the quarterback position in the Senior Bowl than it was at the Iron Bowl. Uh, no doubt about that. But I'm not here to talk about the quarterbacks. I don't know if you have notes on them or not. Cody, I don't. I, I didn't bother. I don't. I just like I know Pittsburgh might draft a quarterback late to get that number three quarterback, but it wouldn't be these guys again. But maybe you think you think one of these guys, yeah, because you just never know. Uh, but I I could see something like that happen. Uh, so uh, who knows? That's that's all way down the road. And uh, even these senior bowl guys, there's five or six quarterbacks in front of them, yeah, true. So these guys, none of these guys from the Senior Bowl are even first-round dudes. We're talking about second, third round, and later, and some of them might not even get drafted. That's just the way that works sometimes. Uh, so any of those dudes that could still be around later on, I could see Pittsburgh taking a flyer on one in the seventh. Um, but the first guy that jumped out uh, on tape and really was talked about a lot going into the Senior Bowl uh, was left tackle from North Dakota State, uh, but in this game, left guard, center, and right tackle, Cody Mock. <laughs> and he just, uh, he looks every bit the part. 
a real nasty finisher. He's very, very tough. Uh, great engine. You saw him helping drive the pile uh, in running down Multiple field to try times. to get blocks. Yeah, all, all game long uh, from all his positions that he played too. So really showed off his versatility uh, and did himself a lot of favors with his play and his ability to get to the second level and block like a linebacker. Um, so I really liked what I saw from real lean build too. Uh, not one of those dudes with a big sloppy belly, but you can kind of tell by the weight, six foot four and seven eighths, so almost six five, three hundred five pounds, thirty two and one eighth inch long arms, which is why people are probably saying that he's going to be more ideal on the inside yep. uh, than on the outside. But uh, really showed off his abilities uh, in North Dakota State, quietly putting out some talent the last few years. Yeah, consistently. Um, I was impressed with him again. Uh, the very, I think it was the very first drive. Um, I noticed a run play that kind of got stuffed right around the first down mark. And I saw these two guys come in and hit, and he was one of the two that first hit the drive. Mm -hmm. And then the three other linemen behind them joined in. So it was like, it, don't get me wrong. It was nice to see that out of all of them. Uh, but him being yes. one of the first two guys to get in there and get that nasty that we've been talking about um, again. And this was developed later in the year by our team. And we got to see it more and more as the year went on. But having someone that has that natural ability, that natural drive, that natural engine to go out and push the pile. Here's the thing. When you give that energy, when you put in that effort, you're just making it easy for yourself because hopefully you're going to get off the field faster and go get, take a break. <laughs> like it only benefits them. Let's be real. <laughs> and it's contagious too. When one person does it, other people want to do it. Yep. Uh, so that's just one of those things that it, it spreads throughout the team like a disease, but it's a good disease. Uh, and really it helps prevent injuries too. If you're out there pushing your offensive player that has the ball in his hands forward, he's not going to get bent backwards and end up with lower body injuries or maybe even worse yet a concussion. Yep. Um, that helps prevent those kind of things. And you know who person number two was in that pile push that you're talking about, Cody? Uh, I'm assuming it was the uh, center from Michigan. <laughs> yes, you better <laughs> believe it. And again, this is, uh, you know, I caught some Michigan games earlier year and they were raving about him and uh and he played well in those games he also played well here in the senior bowl mm -hmm. uh and a big thickly built dude oh <laughs> i'm not gonna get this right but i'm gonna give it a shot ola sugan ola timi um that's that's the closest i got i think they just sounds good to me james something like that <laughs> uh, but yeah they've got a nickname for him that's a heck of a lot easier to say than his his name is uh but what you should say about him is that he's a very thick very strong individual good anchor uh he was that guy that hit that pile with cody mock and started moving it forward we love uh, so that. Really, yeah, I, I, and he got the start too. So that shows something as far as the thought process on those uh, those coaches. Uh, so this could be somebody maybe second or third round kind of quality, uh, maybe like a little bit of a step up from what Juice Scruggs is uh, as far as the center. Good size to him, six two and five eighths, three hundred eight pounds with thirty three inch long arms. So good length too. Um, again, another nice option at center. And to me, I don't think that Pittsburgh is gonna be. Like, oh, my God, we need to have a center. Of all the offensive line positions, I thought Mason Cole did a nice job. But one of the things that really drove me nuts is seeing him getting driven backwards, and he was one of the few guys that consistently it happened to. He's just a little bit smaller than the other offensive linemen are and just not as strong as them. And it, it, as old as he is, I want to say he's like 28 or 29 or something now, it's not like he's going to magically transform into some huge powerful dude and have that stop happening to him. It's going to continue. So you do need to reload at that position at some point in time. And how nice would it be to be in a situation where Mason Cole's your top backup instead of your starting center? Be pretty solid. I don't know how happy he'd be about that, but we would be... Eh. It's the NFL, not for long. That's how that works. That is how that <laughs> That's works. That's what it stands That's for. That is. Uh, you want to know what else would be another position to have some good backups and solid starters? On? Yes. It would be the secondary, my guy. Uh, mm, we got a yeah, cornerback here we're going to talk about that had great coverage skills, but from a small school, you might say. Yeah, yeah. Caillou Blue Kelly. Lots of talk about Blue him Kelly. in the practice. Yes. Uh, Caillou Blue Kelly really uh, caught a lot of scouts' eyes in the practices upcoming through that week. A lot of people saying he could be as high as a second round draft pick. In uh, this class is just loaded with top end corners. Not too many of them actually were in either one of these games because a lot of them are, are juniors. 
They just didn't qualify for either the Senior Bowl or East West Shrine Bowl. Uh, but this is somebody that's got good size to him. Just a hair over six foot tall, 193 pounds, 31 and three quarter inch long arms, uh, which you're you're basically hitting that minimum threshold there for corners. Uh, when they have shorter arms, the success rate on them is incredibly low. Uh, as somebody that I listened to, one of the podcasts I listened to, did a study and went back on like the all pro corners in the NFL for like the last 10, 15 years. And there was only like one of them that had shorter than like 31 inch long arms. The rest of them all had longer arms. Uh, so it is actually something that translates uh, to success and elite level success. And that's what Pittsburgh needs is a guy that can be a number one corner. Uh, so can he handle that in the NFL? The part in this game. So uh, I liked what I saw out of him. I liked what I heard about people seeing in, in practices on him. Uh, and that was nice to hear. Cody, you had another cornerback from this game that you really liked. I did. But before I get there, uh, let's talk about yeah. family real quick. Uh, I don't know if you recognize the name Brian Kelly, not the... <laughs> the quarterback, but Brian, <laughs> not the coach, not, or not the coach, excuse <laughs> me. Yeah. Brian Kelly was actually the father of Caillou blue Kelly and actually played 11 years professionally in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Detroit lions from 98 to 2008. So, uh, he has some pedigree. What position there. did he play? I believe Brian Kelly was also a defensive back. I could be wrong. Um, but let me look that up yeah, real quick. The name doesn't sound super familiar to me. Brian Kelly for the Buccaneers. He was a cornerback um, drafted in okay, the 1998 second round draft pick. Uh, for the huh, Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. So <laughs> uh, interesting there that he, you know, everyone always talks about the, the fathers and all that stuff. But again, so I, I point that out because he was on that uh, Super Bowl team for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that went to the Super Bowl and wound up beating the, nice. the Raiders in that year. So. The, the pedigrees there with his family. The guy that I wanted to talk about from this game, let me pull him up real quick. Um, his name keeps eluding me on this stupid <laughs> list. There's so many players. Yeah. Uh, the LSU corner. Was, LSU right? corner. And I'm looking for his name here, and he's not sticking out. Uh, talk about the next guy before I get to him real quick. I'll, I'll have him ready. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm going to go cover two of them at the same time. So the next two guys are both guys that are um, very likely first-round picks. If they're not going to go in the first round, they're going to go at the top of the second round. Uh, and I'm going to kind of lump them together. John Michael Schmitz, uh, who is a center from Minnesota, and then uh, Osiris Torrance, a guard out of Florida. Um, John Michael Schmitz is hands down the number one center in this draft class in somebody that I could actually see Pittsburgh considering at number 17, just because that whole area is right about where they took David Castro, right about where they took Marquise Pouncey. And if you can get a high level, powerful center like John Michael Schmitz, uh, six, three and three eighths, 306 pounds, 32 and three quarter inch long arms. Uh, and the dudes rocked up. Uh, he really is one of those nasty finishers. Once he gets his hands on you, he doesn't want to stop until he's got you on your backside. Uh, so really impressive what he's done on tape. And then he went to the senior bowl and basically had his way there. You never saw him get dominated or driven back. Uh, so excellent to see from a guy like that, uh, that he would be able to, to do so well in an all-star game. The other name, Osiris Torrance, if you've seen mock drafts out there, a lot of people are already mocking Osiris Torrance to the Steelers in the first round. That's the massive guard out of Florida. Like I said, six foot four and seven eighths, so almost six five, 337 pounds, 33 and seven eighths inch long arms. So excellent length. His anchor is basically immovable. Uh, when you hit a guy that strong, that thickly built, uh, he doesn't go anywhere. Uh, so I was really impressed uh, with his anchor ability. Uh, not the most fleet of foot individual, uh, but as far as a run blocker, he is just an absolute mauler. And his anchor in the pass blocking game uh, is very impressive. So uh, both of those guys in consideration for, I would think, for Pittsburgh at both 17 and then again at 32. And I think both of them will be long gone before the 49 comes around. So uh, both of those are names that you should keep in mind uh, when day one and early day two come on the NFL draft. Uh, won't be surprised if they're both gone before 32 comes around. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and James, I, the, I believe the guy that I want to talk about actually was a safety. Um, Jay Ward was the name. Uh, oh, he, yeah, yeah, it was Ward, man. He had a nice game. Yes, very nice game. A great ability to break up some passes and, and actually fight through a lot of contact to make sure that he had some some pass breakups and not afraid of, of laying the hammer down, uh, which is what I like to see out of a safety, not afraid to come up and make a hit. Um, so that was the player that I wanted to talk about specifically. Um, Jay Ward, again, would love to see another Ward back in the, the black and yellow, but uh, unfortunately <laughs> that would be on the defensive side. <laughs> but I'd still take it. Again, I don't know uh, offhand if he would be more of a strong safety or free safety. Um, How six, big was he? 6'2", 188 pounds. Um, Definitely free safety then. Yeah, so... Yeah, Probably little, not yeah. someone Pittsburgh will target, but again, I was impressed with his ability to to break up some pass plays and, and again, not be afraid of coming up and helping in the run game. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. About- uh, after these guys, a couple offensive tackles, they mm-hmm. were on the same unit as John Michael Schmitz and Osiris Torrance. Uh, the starting right tackle was Darnell right out of Tennessee. The left tackle, Matthew Bergeron, who a lot of people are saying borderline first round pick there. Uh, on that left side. Uh, Bergeron has the, the prototypical size of what you're looking for. Uh, six, four and seven, eights, almost six, five there, 323 pounds, 33 and five eights inch long arms. Uh, and you didn't see him really get beat the entire game. Very, very good uh, at getting to the edge and keeping people in front of him. Good movement skills, uh, good size, and in a nice build to him as well. Now the other side, Darnell Wright struggled a little bit, but I feel like he had the, unlucky draw of going against some pass rushers that had some real ability on that side. Uh, so it really challenged them throughout the course of the game. Uh, there was some talk about him being a second round pick. And I think this game didn't go as well for him and might've hurt his draft stock a little bit, but still a guy with the size of what you're looking for that maybe you can coach him up in, in kind of fix some of those issues. He's six, five and changed. 342 pounds and 34 and one eighth inch long arms. So yeah. excellent size and length. And to talk about, just, can you get the rest out of them? Yeah. And to talk about Bergeron uh, hometown, he's from Quebec, Canada, by the way. Uh, he was actually penalized right. only three times this year and only gave up five sacks and 686 snaps this season. So not a bad yeah. stat line for him. 686 snaps, only allowing no. five sacks. Um, again, college ball is a little different uh, from Syracuse. So, like to see that. Like to see that. He was also yeah, a team captain. Next guy. Oh, okay. He yeah. Was team captain. That says something. That's something that a lot of teams look for. If you're a team captain, yep. uh, they definitely put that as an extra point in your, your corner there. Um, next guy wasn't as much on his performance as it was the talk of what he did in practice and what he had done in workouts and in games in college. Uh, so Keon White, just like last year, I want to say, uh, was only like 255, 260 pounds, bulked all the way up to 290, weighed in at this event at 280. Uh, almost six foot five. He's six four and six eighths or three quarters, whatever you want to call it, 33 and five eighths inch long arms. But he was on Bruce Feldman's Feldman's freaks list, and for good reason. Uh, at his rumored 290 pounds maybe it's 280 i don't know uh was clocked at 21 miles an hour and a defensive lineman that is incredible fast that's usually you see that out of wide receivers and you say that is a really fast wide receiver well that's an insanely fast defensive end and a 40 inch vertical this is just one of those physical freaks uh as far as his measurables as his explosiveness uh that sort of stuff it's the kind of guy that you could see pittsburgh trying to mold um and if he could go all the way up to 290 like he did, I could see him having no issues putting on a few extra pounds to get to that 295-ish range uh, where he could be uh, like a 3-4 end and then a pass rusher uh, on nickel down. So that that is the like exact prototype of what you're looking for for a Steelers defensive end. Yeah, Keon White did not play most of this past season due to an uh, off-season injury. He didn't play the first eight games of the season. Uh, but finished the final four games playing in each of those. Uh, so as long as he's not injury prone there, I don't know what that injury was. Um, yeah, I don't either offhand. But again, a guy that can run that fast, <laughs> run away from those injuries and get some tackles for loss, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and imagine him in a turnover situation. Oh if my he, gosh. he recovers a fumble, nobody's going to catch him. No, not a chance. 
Not a chance. Mm-hmm. Next guy. Next guy. He now this next guy, the first person to really talk about Keanu Benton was Alex Cazora, the Steelers Depot. He did a deep dive on him uh, and really liked what he saw on tape. Uh, that really remained as far as practices this week from what people were talking about. Uh, good size to him, six foot three and one half, 312 pounds, 33 and three quarter inch long arms, kind of a nose tackle type uh, with a little bit of pass rush ability, but not a ton. Uh, his specialty definitely in run stuffing. Uh, so that's something that you could see being a, a more of like a second round or third round kind of nose tackle dude. Yep. Uh, so interesting prospect somebody to keep your eyes on because he does meet a lot of those minimum thresholds for height weight and length and that sort of thing uh and coming from wisconsin you know hey it's at least somebody who has a lot of experience going against high level rushing teams like ohio state and michigan and penn state and these teams all pound the rock every year uh and he was going up against that so that's a good sign for him very good sign for him and then we got two guys we're going to finish off both offensive guys uh, the next guy is a center from Alabama, or excuse me, yeah, Alabama, Tyler Steen. Tyler Steen. Yeah, and um, Tyler. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead. All right. So Tyler was, uh, he played guard in this game. There's some rumor that he might play some center uh, in the NFL as well. They're saying it's a possibility that might even be his best position. Uh, what I was impressed with was the dude really had some wheels. Um, he looked he looks a lot smaller than what he was listed at, but they just weighed him. So you know that it like the numbers are true. Cause literally they just weighed him this week. If you wouldn't have told me what his, his measurables were probably like two ninety five or something. Cause he, he just looked lean and he moved really quick for mm-hmm. an interior offensive lineman uh, was really get, good at getting to the second level and going and chasing a middle linebacker. Uh, and there was a screen pass where he got out in front of it, like just with ease, one of those easy movers that looks like an athlete first and a football player second, except he's a good football player. Uh, so uh, at, at all that being said, he, he weighed in at six, five and a half, 325 pounds with 33 inch long arms. And like I said, he doesn't look like that. Mm-mm. So he's got to be a real frame because there was no sloppiness to it at all. It's one of those dudes that doesn't have like a belly hanging out at all, which is rare for a 325 pound man. Uh, but somebody who definitely would fit fit the mold of what Pittsburgh would be looking for, uh, possibly available in those mid Again, I think this is not first or second round. This might be a third or fourth round kind of guy, uh, but a lot of people are expecting Pittsburgh to draft possibly two offensive linemen this year. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, one for starter, one for depth, maybe even two for depth, who knows? Um, But definitely somebody who could fit the mold uh, and just those movement skills are are pretty rare. Yeah. And Tyler's worked his way up. He's been the kind of guy to do that. He was only a three-star recruit out of high school, played at Vanderbilt for four years, started his 33 last consecutive last games before going and earning the job at Alabama and starting all 13 games this year. Uh, so he worked nice. his way up there. So it's nice to see that kind of effort and that consistency at a guy like that. Uh, and might just be the guy you need to come in and push the guys in front of him. Sometimes getting some pressure behind guys makes them play a little better. And you know we didn't yeah. have that last year. So Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, last guy on my list uh, that jumped out at me in this game was a tight end by the name of Payne Durham. Uh, Payne out of Purdue had a really nice sideline catch in the third quarter. I want to say of the game uh, almost got in the end zone. <laughs> it was really kind of a funny moment because the guy with the microphone must've been pretty close to him. <laughs> and, and he was like, put your hands up, put your hands up. Talking to the referee. It was really funny. He was begging for the touchdown call. Got down at really the one. Got down at the one. Yeah. It was yeah. a great call really by close. the ref. It was a great call. It, by was. The ref. it was, it was the correct call. He did not get in the end zone. Uh, but prototypical size seemed very willing to do whatever he was. He even lined up as a fullback a few times. Uh, nice hands, good blocking ability. Uh, 6'5", 258, 33 and a quarter inch long arms, all the measurements you're looking for. Uh, again, this is one of those, if you don't re-sign Gentry or you know, if Derek Watt moves on and you move Cam- Connor Hayward over to fullback and you need a third tight end, uh, this is the kind of guy that I think should be on the radar. Uh, so. Liked what I saw out of him in this game because it wasn't really anybody that was on high radar personally before, but he definitely is now. Yeah, and he's the type of guy that Pittsburgh likes. Uh, he was actually the Big Ten sportsmanship mm-hmm. honoree 
Uh, so there you go. We kind of like that. We got Cam Hayward on the defense side doing stuff. We got now we got to get someone on the <laughs> offensive side doing stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah. no, great player, great ability. He he did very well in his time at Purdue. Um, and I I actually was really you like to see that excitement. You like to see it. He reminds yeah. you know who he reminds me of when I watched him play. Um, in this game, he reminds huh. me of George Kittle, his energy and his excitement. Oh, like, yeah. Um, and that's what I saw a lot yeah, of. And I love going. that. I love that because yeah. those are the guys that mm-hmm. quite frankly, it's just like a regular job. And and when you go to work and you are with people who are all serious all the time, work gets a little draggy. But when you're there and you're yeah. with someone who's fun and likes to play and mess around and enjoy their t- enjoy themselves, James, me and you know a lot about that. Maybe a little bit too much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah I might have teased each other a little bit at work. Just maybe maybe <laughs> it makes it go smooth it makes it fun it makes it enjoyable and it, and it gives you the energy to, to do better than maybe you would without that so i do love that and james i don't have anybody else uh to talk about on my list um again there, there were a few quarterbacks that stuck out but again for the sake of pittsburgh we're not looking at a quarterback and if we are it'll be late round or undrafted guys um that right as as of right now just aren't worth discussing but we can discuss them more when we get to our way too early mock drafts. So those will be coming yeah, up pretty soon. Those are coming. Those are coming. Those are coming very They soon. might not even do... be way too early. Let's be real. <laughs> well, and we always try to do uh, one early and then one a lot closer for each of us. And then we try to do a live as well, uh, assuming that the uh, site that we use doesn't crash in the middle of it because then that really ruins things. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we're going to start doing those uh, almost immediately, really. Uh, I might even come up with one for next week. We'll see. I got a little bit of extra time this week, only working three days. So don't forget you're supposed to spend time with with your wife. (laughs) That's it. Well, she's working Thursday and I'm not. Well, there you go. Thursday, you got all day. (laughs) Thursday, I'll be seeing James play video games all day. It'll be a great time. Um, But yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. Again, we look forward to discussing more of the offseason stuff. Again, the season doesn't end just because we're not playing football anymore. Uh, there's still a lot to talk about, a lot of things exciting coming up. This is where we get our starters and our future for the team. So again, thank you so That's much it. for listening. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. It's free. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace.